Hey guys, welcome back to Best Practice TV. In this episode, I'm exploring some really exciting technology in an OHS platform, specifically looking at how voice is going to be something that we can use in the future. We know we're all moving to voice. Um, we are right now in the middle of this coronavirus COVID-19 epidemic, but we don't want to stop what we're doing. So I'd like to welcome Stuart Farkerson on the show, talking business right here at Best Practice TV. Thanks for joining us, mate. G'day, Kobe. How's it going? Very good, mate. And um, we're just talking off camera about, you know, all the crazy stuff that's going on and moving to a virtual world. So rather than have you here in the studio, um, we're still in the studio, but we've uh, we've dialed you in with a Google Hangout and um, it's been really exciting to sort of embrace this technology. How are you finding, you know, you're already an advanced technology company, but how are you finding the last couple of weeks in terms of using technology yourself and, and working from home and doing that sort of stuff? What changes have you seen? Uh, good question. Um, I suppose there's been a couple of things, whereas for, for us, nothing's really changed as far as a business, um, apart from other businesses going into crisis mode. Uh, and and that kind of makes them put everything on hold for a while. Um, no matter what it is, everything goes on hold, goes into crisis mode, you implement your crisis management plan and your strategies around that. Um, for us as a business, because we like using a lot of this technology already, um, and we work across the country, um, it hasn't really changed a huge amount for us. Um, and it, definitely the very much more forward-thinking businesses who have, I mean, and I was speaking with you before, you said you've been using this technology for 10 years plus. Um, so a lot of the more forward-thinking companies have already been able to adapt a lot of this technology in the past um, and are actually looking at using better technology as you move forward. So using this period is a bit more of a, a trial rather than a, Rather than, oh, right, everything's got to stop now. We've got to go into crisis mode. It's more, right, things have slowed down. Let's see what we can get rid of and let's see what we can implement. Yeah, awesome. It's changed. So, yeah, right. So it, it um, I think it's a, you know, there's, there's definitely, I've, I've got a couple of really burning questions that I want to ask you about, you know, the, the, the current set of circumstances and the, you know, the current state of the global nation, if you like. But um, but before we get into that, I think it's, it's re would be really important to introduce, you know, introduce yourself to the community but uh, let's do that in a creative way who is Stuart? <laughs> uh, well I guess I, I grew up loving sports and things uh, and so I got into exercise physiology uh, and biomedical science when I was at, at uni um, thinking that I'll be changing the world by going working with all these big sports teams AFL footy rugby well, whatever it is um, and in most cases, that doesn't occur, and that was exactly what happened in my case. I, I ended up working with mostly old people or, or workers' comp people. Um, and from that, I was, I was chatting with a lot of people from, from in the workers' comp space, and they were telling me how they were getting injured um, and, and, and what they were trying to do during that time when they got injured. And that was when I clicked and go, well, surely we can do something better to stop you getting injured originally. Um, so that's how I got into the into the safety world. Um, also, there was a there's a big mining boom going on in WA, and being a Perth boy, uh, it's, you kind of get drawn up to the mines. And so I, I studied uh, the well, one of the things that a lot of guys love, and that was blasting. Uh, and I did safety and blasting, so I, that's what I wrote my thesis on. But when I was up there, I kind of just every single miner up there that I was speaking to, they were just frustrated with all the, the little things, the tick and flicks, the things that they don't see adding value uh, to their work. So 
uh, writing out a JHA for 45 minutes. Um, and it's generally the, the guy with the neatest handwriting who can, who, with, with the best spelling, and then everyone comes and signs it, and they just didn't see it adding value. Um, and then I, I kind of got out of mining and went into roads, utilities, and I just saw a common threat, a uh, common trend going across all of these uh, similar heavy industries. But everyone was just so frustrated with the way that we do safety. So I was having a chat with Dave, my uh, my colleague, and I was saying, look, th these guys, and over time, it's just a common trend was coming across was, well, why can't we just talk about it rather than write it down? And so when I was chatting with Dave, he was so yeah, well, I could build something like that. That doesn't seem like a big issue. Um, and so we started building Risk Talk, and and here we are today, four years later, with uh, with interviews. I think we would have surveyed more than two thousand people. We would have interviewed maybe probably about 600, 700 people, um, and that's from the person on the ground, which I'd say about probably five hundred of our interviews would have been on the ground, and then management. Uh, supervisors, upper management, and also from a business perspective as well. So, and, and what do these guys um, all need to start off with? And then what all, what do they also want as well? Um, and that's just try and give them what they want rather than tell them you've got to tick these boxes. Yeah, right. Awesome. So I, I guess, um, you know, what, what I like to do with this talking business um, segment with best practice is really to explore, you know, businesses that are implementing best practices, if you like, or even future state. So where, you know, if you, if you were to, you know, and, and I think risk talk for those, for our listeners who are listening to the podcast and really getting into um, what we're doing here is risk talk is, it's really simple and you can go and Google it and you can find the guys and we'll drop the links uh, in all the descriptions. Uh, we'll, we'll drop this on YouTube, we'll drop it in our podcast and, and I'll, uh, I'll stream it also out onto um, LinkedIn. So I'm just wondering, you know, from a risk talk perspective, where do you see, how do you see organizations operating 10 years from now? So, you know, in, in the, in the, this thing is going to work. Like I know it's going to work. That's why we've been talking a lot the last couple of months. Um, how do you see businesses working in 10 years time? Yeah. In, in 10 years time, I, I think you need to look at what the best companies in the world do. Um, and and then try and adapt your business to what the best companies in the world are doing in everyday life. So you look at like your Facebook, you look at Amazons, you look at Googles, and they're all adapting this voice technology, um, and they're all collecting huge amount of data. I think I saw on, on one of your pages that, and I think it was um, Stephen Sheila that said yes. ninety percent of the world's data is collected in the last two to three years, and that's Correct. all due to voice technology. The phones are listening in your Google Home, Alexa. There's just so many touch points in in voice data that if you can make it easy for people to use their voice and 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 talk into a device and have that conversation, which we normally do have anyway, and then produce amazing data from it, it's just going to benefit the entire company. And those that are going to be writing things down still, uh, you shouldn't have to take notes on a pen and paper. Um, if we want to save the world and reduce paper, why are we still... Uh, producing all these notebooks and, and writing on six pages and then losing that notebook um, rather than just we, we rarely lose our phones, why aren't we talking to our phones, talking to other devices? I know there's a, a company called Realware which has uh, which does all your augmented reality, but they connect in with all these different uh, applications as well. Um, so it'll, it'll be 
very much a, a different landscape. And I, I think the COVID-19 is very much going to push this different landscape. I think this will be a big catalyst towards it. Um, but I do think that it, people will be having that conversation and making their decisions on very much more informed data than they were before. Uh, you'll be able to tell if people are happy, sad. You'll tell if something needs to be done instantly or it can be done next week just from the way they talk. Uh, at the moment, if, if you saw the minutes from a meeting, then you might say, well, this person needs to action this in this time frame. But you can't tell how urgent that thing is by the, by the pen and paper that they've written down, um, the words they've written down. You, you, you've got to know the necessity of, of how important that action is by the way they actually say it. Um, so there's just so much more information that your brain's taking in from the way someone says something, their pitch, their tone, um, even their body language as well, which will probably coming into play uh, as well at some stage, um, especially in meetings and things like that, if people want to listen in our meetings. Um, I know that in, in Parliament everything's recorded and if people listen and look in on that, they don't just listen what's happening. They, uh, they see everything that's going on as well. So I, I think our, the natural way we do things will become more important um, rather than what's written and whether that's captured on paper. Yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think that one of the structural flaws with how we've been working, you know, obviously in safety but equally out in generally in business is that we rely quite heavily on our language and that, you know, maybe the English language is used that as a case study and we've had to take how we speak and we've had to actually, we've had to actually come up with a code, you know, a coding system to actually put black characters down on white paper or black characters on a white screen um, we've had to say take a breath and you know take a breath is a full stop or have a small pause is a is a comma or you know all capitals I'm yelling at you you know and so um, but there's no way to convey that the the amazing tone that we can project in our voice as we're doing our presentations you know so or this is really important this is the great stuff that's going on you know so I think it's you know it, it's it's hard to articulate that, and you need to be a master of of the written language to articulate that in in terms of either a capturing what is is happening in real time, which is what we're talking about, recording minutes and what's going on in Parliament, but b actually writing transcripts. Um, I've been just out of interest. I've been reading the transcripts of the prime ministerial um, uh, press conferences the last couple of days. Um, I've seen a few of them live, but I've like I want to go back and see what you know the pri current prime minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, is talking about. So I've gone to read the transcripts, um, and you don't get the tone. You can sort of hear his voice ringing in your head because you've listened to him before. But you know when when we say um, you know when we say a statement, there's a statement that I've been saying for 20 years. What I'm about to say. I've been saying for 20 years and, and, and it's a bit of a party trick, but it goes like this. It's a sentence and it says that I did not say that he stole the money. And so you can say, I did not say that he stole the money. I did not say that he stole the money. I did not say that he stole the money. I did not say that he stole the money. I did not say that he stole the money. So, Every single one of those versions of those sentences that you guys are listening to right now out in our audience or watching online, every single one of those sentences has a different meaning and it's very difficult 
to portray the actual meaning of that when I write it down. I haven't got the skills to actually write those sentences differently so they have that meaning. And so when we, I think that where we're going in terms of the use of risk talk as, a, as an application and, and the use of voice more generally out in business is that we're going to get more accurate articulation of information across to people. Um, we're going to start really start asking the question, why are we capturing either A, a set of instructions, so we could be giving a set of directions to somebody via voice or we're keeping a set of records. So I think that's a really interesting point and, and, I, and I think that um, you and I might have touched on that particular conversation uh, earlier. So uh, that's where I want the audience to really start thinking about this. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, yeah d- definitely. I mean, you, you've got to be able to, to understand what people are writing down and that could mean something completely different. Uh, it could mean a, a range of things what they're writing down. Um, but also on, on top of that, what we don't write down are things like stories. Um, and people are natural storytellers. And, and that's how we that's how people learn the best out in businesses. That's how someone who's green who comes to the business, you, you'll have someone who's very experienced. I don't really like to use the word green, but someone who's new who's come to the business. Um, starts talking to someone who's experienced and they start conveying those stories across, saying this is what happened back in the day, this is what happened last week, um, this is how we're going to work around it because of all my experience. And if you can capture those conversations, uh, then you're really going to learn a lot. And that's when, that's when a business really starts learning a lot. And you start learning who your storytellers are in the business, um, who, who, your, who your leaders are in the business as well, rather than just well, this person's been here for 10 years, he's got to take the next step up. It's going to be, well, you can hear the way this person's talking to this person and you can tell that this person's a natural leader or this person's a follower and, and listens to uh, listens to what he's doing or she's doing. Um, so you, you just gather so much more information and you, you, you'll find that people are putting in extra controls once they've listened to certain things in a certain way. Um, so hopefully... And and it is already starting to prove to be the to be the fact that behaviours start changing because people are talking in different ways and there are certain triggers to to make people behave in a different way as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, awesome. So so we I guess we talk about you know the why if you like the why in terms of removing friction and making you know life on site uh, a little bit easier through you know can we talk about this can we tell stories you know, capture more meaningful records if we want to, you know, give, you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about records or we're talking about instructions when it gets down to the nuts and bolts of management system. Um, but we're obviously talking about the efficacy of, of those things. Um, talk me through the last four years in terms of how, so we've talked about the why, I want to talk about how now. I want to talk about how have you got to this point? So how have you been going about development you sort of touched on doing lots and lot you know thousands of interviews um how you know th- there's the why how do you do what you do uh well i mean as, as i said we did thousands of interviews um and there was there was definitely that resounding kind of uh voice from the people and keep in mind everything that we do and everything that we built is built for that person on the ground it's to make them, and hopefully what safety people out there are trying to do, is to make people safe. Um, it's, to, it's to enable them to be safe, sorry, not to make them safe. Um, and the, the resounding thing that everyone was saying on the ground was that 
we haven't come into this and our sorry our uh, our application and our, and Ristalk was built um, to make it much more easier for the for the guys on the ground um, and 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 to enable them. So it it was built to try and get them thinking in, in a safer way um, without having to write things down. And the reason they don't want to write things down is because a lot of these guys didn't go into these industries to write things down. They want to use their hands. They want to build, um, and and a lot of them are embarrassed around their uh, around their handwriting and spelling. Um, and so that's why you often get the guy with the neatest handwriting and, and best spelling to write it down. Then everyone else comes and sign it. Or potentially people can't even uh, uh, English isn't their first language, and they don't know what they're signing. Um, so this is when I started having a chat for da- uh, with Dave, and, and Dave's uh, one of these geniuses who kind of he he did law commerce, um, started working in banking sector, and goes, no, I don't want to do this. I want to go build my own uh, IT company. Um, so he goes, yep, I can build this, and we just went through and we trialed it with. Uh, as I said, we we did that many interviews. But then we went and trialled with with a range of different industries, different companies. Uh, we we did it in all heavy industries. We've done mining. We've done geotech engineer, uh, geotech uh, drilling. Um, we've even used it in schools where teachers need a risk assess, um, and they're finding it a, in a massive. Uh, it has a huge benefit uh, just because then they're not having to write things down when they're out in the in the in the park or or in the playground. Um, if they're going on excursions, they can say, well, we've got 30 kids. We've got six people looking after 30 kids. That's five, five per kid. Um, yeah. and, and they're your controls that you're putting in place. Um, so we definitely, you've got to trial all these different things and it's kind of evolved, uh, over the last four years. Um, and, and now it's, it's a very, it's, well, I'd like to say it's a strong product. Um, I know everyone's going to spruik about their own, uh, technology. Yeah. Uh, um, but it is making life easier for the people on the ground, uh, and and that's and that's the feedback that we're getting from all our customers at the moment. Yeah, right. Um, now's probably a good time, you know, because we can go sort of, you know, I'm working through the the template of why, how, what. Um, before we get into the what and and that sort of stuff, what's the website so people can go and check it out? Uh, it's just risktalk.com.au. Um, Perfect. You, you can go check it out. You can log in. There's free trials if you like. Um, we like to help people kind of set it up, but uh, just like everything in life, and you know what I was saying before about where is tech, or where is uh, where business is going, and we should look to our leaders. Um, everything needs to be intuitive these days. Uh, like every, we want things to be intuitive. You don't go buy a car and then go read the manual back to back. You go and test drive it. You go play around and you use, press all the buttons in it. You don't buy an iPhone and then go read the manual for it. I mean, some people do, um, but but ninety nine percent of people don't. Uh, so I don't know why we still have a, a forms to fill out on site and then you've got a whole bunch of procedures about how to fill those forms out and then you've got what good looks like in a form so you just copy that on the form. And say, where, where is the value add and, and how intuitive is this for, for that person to go, well, this is now going to keep me safe? Um, they should be, you, you want to get them thinking as much as possible rather than getting just copying or reading the procedure and then putting those words into a, into a form. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, that, you know, as you're saying that my mother's voice is ringing in my ears right now, you know, Kobe, you need to think about the consequences of your actions. 
Um, and, and at the end of the day, that's what we're getting people to do, right? So I think that if we're talking about it, we're probably more likely to be thinking about it because that's how the brain works. It's the brain, the subconscious brain is telling you what words to spit out, um, you know, and computing very quickly to do that. Um, great piece of work by Daniel Kahneman. Uh, his book is called Thinking Fast and Slow. He won the Nobel Prize uh, in Science and Economics um, for that piece of work. It was a 30-year piece of work with another gentleman who passed away halfway through the study. Um, but, yeah, if, if someone wants to really get into that psychology, psychology of how the mind is working very quickly, um, your fast and slow thinking systems um, uh, is, is a great piece of work. Okay, let's, um, let's you know, I, I'm conscious of everybody's time and I really appreciate everyone's attention. I want to get into the nuts and bolts of the what. Um, you know, we've talked about the how, the why, you know, we've talked about the why, the how, uh, now the what. So what we're actually talking about here is, a, is an app. Um, a mobile app uh, that, that you can be using and or uh, I believe you've got your desktop version there for your central systems manager champion type person. Um, just talk us through the talk us through a day in the life of a, of a site supervisor, for example. And, and, and the sorry and the use of risk talk so day in the life of a site supervisor um, someone who's out there you know they could be in a factory they could be out on the road so if you're assist if you're listening to this if you're a systems manager if you're a business owner if you're a, if you're you know a middle level manager um, and you and you want to start exploring how you can reduce some friction for your teams out there particularly as business now needs to be even more efficient with a with a recession we are in a global recession um, talk me through the life of, uh, of one of those guys well I yeah, okay. So I, I guess this previously started where this is trying to replace written forms. Um, it's trying to get people talking. It's trying to trigger those thinking fast, thinking slow, uh, or th hopefully thinking slow um, thoughts. So you stop, you think, this could hurt me. What am I doing about it? Um, so you're looking up, yeah, you're looking around, this can hurt me. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to control it. So essentially what a, a, a worker on the work front would, would look, well, this is what I'm going to be doing either today or right now or in this task. So it could either be used as a take five or a JHA or a, a, a work pre-start. Um, it can be used as any of those things, could, even observations. And it kind of, there, there's some work that's been done by uh, Michelle Oberg. She's in, in Queensland. She's worked with uh, the Sydney Deckers of the world and um, and the David Provins. And, and she did a, the Woolworth study. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's... Uh, it's, it's a lot of thought about uh, freedom within a framework. So you give people a certain framework and then let them run with it uh, rather than say, you need to write this or tick these boxes. It's saying, well, here's a bit of a framework uh, and everyone can ask their own, all businesses ask different questions uh, and you should be asking different questions because you work in different industries, different organisations. You might want to use acronyms. But there are certain questions in there that you'd want to ask and then your people would then be talking to those questions and it'll hopefully spark those conversations uh, between different people who are doing that pre-start or risk assessment, if it's a joint one, or, or on their own where people can just talk through, well, this is what I'm going to be doing. Um, and this is these are the things that can hurt me. They're looking up. They're not looking down at a piece of paper. Uh, they're looking up. They're checking it out. Uh, well, this can hurt me. There are now dogs here. We've got to make sure that they're tied up um, and, and so on and so forth. So, and, and people, because you get so much information from words and, and talking, people think they're actually talking for a long period of time. Uh, and anyone that we've asked, we say, well, how long do you think that recording was? And they might go four minutes. And it was actually only like 25 seconds. Uh, and it's, it's actually a, a huge difference whenever we've asked anyone. 
So they're capturing a huge amount of information and they're being extremely efficient in the way they're doing it. Um, I guess, so the person on the ground, they're loving it at the moment and we're and achieving safer outcomes as well. So they're being efficient and they're actually getting involved in that risk management process. Um, as I say, there are a few other little things on there as well. Um, like your, your supervisors can do observations uh, or interactions or whatever people want to call them. Different businesses call them different things. Um, but it is a, a frontline tool for the worker on the ground. The, the benefits to the, the kind of supervisors yeah, awesome. and manager uh, is that they can hear and see everything that's going live. So you do take photos and, and things like that on the app. Um, so they can log into their desktop, log in on their phones, and then start seeing, well, Jeff's out there. He's chatting about what he's going to be doing here. Maybe he needs another person out there to give him a hand. Um, this person's, uh, John's doing this. Um, he says he's not using a harness and he's working a height still. Maybe we should check on it or let's just give him a call and he might have a reasonable explanation for it. Um, there, there could be a huge range of things uh, for, for a supervisor, but at least they're getting live information uh, wherever they are. And it's all being recorded live. It's all time stamped, date stamped, uh, geographical stamping and everything like that. And then if you, if you lifted it up to a company level, they're getting voice data, uh, which, as I was saying, it's this is where the world's going. You're going to be able to start detecting whether people are happy, sad. You could already do a certain amount of sentiment analysis um, and you can start testing whether people are anxious. Uh, there's another thing called arousal level, which is, I know it's quite funny saying arousal level, but it, it determines whether people are actually in, in the zone to be able to complete their work or are they kind of slightly more depressed or, or held back. Um, so you can detect a huge amount of things just by the way people are talking. Um, and so they're getting all this great data and this great information. And then if you can look at it at a macro level um, and instead of doing surveys from HR to say, are our people happy, sad? Um, are they, um, do they like working with us? Do they not? And all these other things, do they want change? Um, you, can, you can start detecting actual live data and start predicting these things before they actually come and before anything happens. So from a macro level, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, fantastic. And I guess, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, I guess um, you know, we do do cultural vitality surveys and, and co internal cultural surveys. Um, and you know, if someone wants to have a rant, they're going to have a rant. They might be enjoying themselves, but they're like, you know what, I'm going to get you and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to you know, downgrade you or upgrade you in terms of the cultural vitality score. This is going to give a very accurate sentiment analysis on an on a ongoing basis. Yeah, for sure. So a live sentiment analysis, as you say, yeah, it's it's going to be ongoing. You can see like upward, downward motions, uh, especially with times like this during coronavirus. So, uh, well, what are our people feeling? Do they feel as though they're going to be losing their jobs? Um, and can we detect that as well? Um, yeah, there's a huge range of things like that. And uh, yeah. I, I guess also so, uh, a few more value adds. You know, and like, everything we do, we're trying to add value. We don't just want ticking boxes or anything. But one of my gripes, I guess, as a, as a safety professional uh, working across a range of industries, and this is what they all do, is, um, is your risk registers or your risk workshops that, that people do um, and how much value do they add. Um, in, and some they do add a lot of value in some companies, um, but in a lot of the industries I've worked in, it's you get very expensive people into a room for half a day, run a risk workshop, and then it goes into a draw for the three or six months until the review period, then you do it again. 
Whereas this, you can get live data of what actual risks your people have been exposed to. And then you can even look at it as a risk per, uh, risk is perceived um, and work is perceived against work is done. Um, so you can say, well, this person's been exposed to these risks this many times this year um, compared to, oh, we think this is happening out there. So you can, you can really measure up what is actually going on in my business. Uh, and so upper management and boards can go and listen and see, well, what is actually happening in my business? Yeah, 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 that's fantastic. So if um, if we just sort of go, I'm going to go like way off on a tangent right now with this uh, with this little conversation and, um, you know, you're four years down the track, um, you got a bunch of people out in the marketplace that really like it, they really love it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great voice-based app. We're achieving some massive efficiencies by, you know, when we're doing these risk assessments, we'll, we'll look around and we'll have a chat about it and then we'll, someone will write it down. So we're, we're halving or coming down to a quarter of the amount of time it takes to do these risk assessments. Um, you know, just as an example, so all the listeners can be aware, I'm writing a book at the moment and I'm doing, um, the way I'm writing that book is I'm dictating straight into a Google Doc. So I just turn on the microphone on the Google Doc and I just dictate straight into that Google Doc. So Google is writing the notes, it's writing the transcript for me. Um, and so I just want everybody to appreciate what this looks like and what technology exists right now for you. Um, you know, you could be, um, um, you know, you could be doing a text message on an iPhone and you don't need to actually type the text. You can press the microphone and the, and your iPhone will listen to you and the text will get typed out. And then you can, you know, you can check the text and you can press send. So, um, you know, I use Siri a lot. I use, um, um, you know, my phone a lot to, to be dictating to text or voice to text. So I just want people to be aware of that. So I want to I want to take this sort of this really left field question with you right now. You're four years down the track. If you were starting again, what would you do differently? Four years down the track. Um, good question. Because um, we can get caught up in like where we are with our thing, and it's great, and it's evolved, and all that sort of stuff. But if I if COVID nineteen right now said, all right, that's it, stop, collapse, you're on the right path. But what would you do differently? I. That's a very good question. <laughs> Have you made any mistakes? Have you like you know fuck? You've had those fuck moments. That shit's gone wrong, you know. So it could, you know, it could be a business thing, right? This is a business question as much as it is a forget about the app, forget about the product, forget it. You know, think about you and the last four years. And if you were starting again and you needed to get to that, you know, maybe you want to get to this point faster, half as quick, you know, you know, twice as fast. Um, what would you do differently? Um, okay, so firstly, I'll develop our, our business structure and strategies earlier on. So definitely start with that rather than start just developing the product because there's we've seen a need on the ground um so you, you need to build your business structure and your goals and where you want to see yourself going uh, and where you want to be um and i say a strategy needs to be very flexible and and you've got to be able to pivot in every direction um but as long as you've got something to kind of guide you about where you're going um rather than just reacting to everything that happens on the ground uh, which we have done a lot. I think we've re, uh, we've probably gone through about oh, 400 iterations of risk talk in four years. Like a new version comes out every few days. Um, 
So if you can keep on track with or stay on track of, of where you're trying to take your business and, and where, where you want to take that, the, the kind of overall map of where you want your business to be, uh, then you stop reacting very knee-jerk reactions to, to everything that's happening on the ground. Um, and especially a lot of the people on the ground, they, they don't see the benefits of voice tech yet, but they see the benefits of just going digital. Um, so they just want to take a form and digitize it. And so we, we've responded to that in a few different ways, but I don't want to take the business down that way because I don't see that's where the business is going to be or that's where industry is going to be in two to three years' time. Um, so if we start conforming to, to everyone's wants just to digitize, then, yeah, we might get a couple of little quick successes now and you're competing against a huge market. Um, rather, look at the bigger picture and look where you're going to be in three years' time and build your strategies and stay on that track. Um, and, look, we've, we've made plenty of mistakes uh, and had to change things and change things back. Um, so there, there has been uh, quite a few things, and, and people ask us to do things the entire time, um, and we suggest, suggest other products to them. Um, uh, however, we've just got to stick to what we we think and truly believe is is going to be the future of our business, rather than try and uh, react to every single other idea that's out there. Yeah, I think you know I, I I'm very much the same. I, I suffer the same challenges, and you know it's this constant back and forth and pivot. Um, I heard a really interesting story about Uber. I was recently over in New York for a, um, a workshop that I was participating in. And um, they talked a lot about Uber and they talked about the vision that they had for the Uber user. And that really kept them really focused on the development of that product. Of course, Uber is focused on uh, looking at capacity in society and, and it taps into spare capacity. So, you know, there's people driving around in their cars or their cars parked in the drive. So someone's, you know, got a car in the driveway and they're sitting at home and they're basically saying, well, hey, would you be interested in earning an income by taking someone somewhere with a, and giving them a lift? And so that's how, you know, they sort of said, okay, that, you know, we can see spare capacity or your car's in the driveway uh, or your scooter's in the driveway and someone wants some food to be delivered. There's restaurants that would like to deliver further afield. They don't want to specifically employ one delivery driver, but could restaurants share delivery drivers? And so then that's how they created, created Uber Eats. Um, and they said that, you know, restaurants couldn't get themselves online um, for delivery of food and they'd have to all individually build their own website. So Uber said, look, we'll build you the website. You put your meals in, you set yourself up. Everybody's platform is going to be the same. Um, you know, so there was spare capacity in the internet. There was spare capacity in a whole bunch of restaurants and, and it gave the person at home a huge amount of variety. Um, I'm a huge fan of Uber. I'm a huge fan of using Uber to travel in everywhere in the world. I've used it in all of the countries I've been to in the last five years. I've used Uber in, in place of taxis uh, when it's been obviously been available and the same with Uber Eats. So so the first thing I do when I get travel internationally is check that Uber Eats is available where I'm traveling to um, and I will use that um, because then I, I know I'm not going to get ripped off. I'm dealing directly with, you know, for me, that's the biggest concern. I've, I've um, you know, I had a thousand dollar taxi ride uh, about 10 years ago, um, which was literally my whole travel budget. I got ripped off. Um, and so I'm very sensitive to that particular thing. But, but I think the, probably the, the piece of advice or, or the comment that I would make here is 
is it's really important for everybody who's listening to this to really picture the transformation of your customer, uh, the transformation from how they work right now to how you want, how you see them working. Um, and really think, and, and probably to give you that, the strategy is to picture that, what that looks like um, three years from now and say, okay, the, you know, and so the way that, the, the way this goes for Uber, three years in advance, they said, a user of our application walks to the side of the road, pulls out their phone, opens the Uber app, can see cars around them, tells the app where they want to go, and then a driver who is available uh, picks up the job, comes and picks you up. Um, you get to know how much your your journey is going to cost. You agree to it. You press book. And then the vehicle turns up and picks you up and then goes and drops you off and you can quickly hop out and you can go about your day. But the whole transaction, uh, the friction of that transaction has been taken out because you've already entered your credit card, you've already set up your profile, you've already set up your personal details. So the fear of the unknown person driving you, the fear of the unknown passenger for the driver, um, there's a set of minimum standards for the cleanliness and hygiene of the vehicles to address friction points from the taxi industry. There's safety standards, there's vehicle age, um, there's, and then there's obviously a star rating system for passengers and also uh, obviously drivers. But they really pictured the journey of uh, one of our users walks to the side of the street. Um, they, you know, they go in, they set themselves up with a profile, they set themselves up with their credit card, but then they walk to the side of the street, they pull out their mobile device, they open the Uber app, they book themselves a journey, they put in their destination, they agree to the charges, you know, in under 10 minutes, the vehicle comes to pick them up, takes them safely to their journey and they complete their journey. They hop out and then it emails them an invoice, um, you know, a re emails them a receipt. So, so it was a really description of, of the future state. Now, that all makes sense to us right now that I can describe it because a lot of the people listening to this will have caught an Uber. Um, but but pre-Uber... Pre that was a very you know imaginative thing. So so I wanted to do to give you some um, some benefit of this interview and my skill set and everybody listening is uh, a site supervisor. You know uh, some guys turn up to site. You know maybe they're a mobile. Maybe they're they're tree surgeons. Maybe they're tree loppers, and they they're going to be trimming some trees near some power lines. And what they basically do is they, you know, they've, they've been given the job by the office. They've all met at the yard. They've picked up the truck. They've driven for 15 minutes to the, out into the suburbs and they've got to trim some trees. So they all pull up. They all jump out of the truck and they start wandering around. So instead of pulling out forms, they're going to pull out a mobile device. Uh, they're, going to ha they're going to basically open the Risk Talk app. They're going to be clicking a button that says complete risk assessment. They're going to be actually uh, prompted by a set of questions. Hey, can you guys see anything that's going to hurt you? Hey, can you guys, uh, you know, is there anything you need to be watching out for? Are you implementing a standard work practice? Uh, is all the equipment under control? And they're just going to be verbally answering those questions. Um, it's going to be capturing that as a record. Um, and then they're going to be able to move on and get on with their job. Um, and then make any adjustments that they need to. What they're not doing is they're not pulling out a pen. And often it could be raining, uh, the paper could be dirty, they could have dirty hands, uh, you know, uh, pens like biros, if you like, in trucks get hot and the ink stops working and the ball stops running. They don't have to rummage through the truck to find a pen. They don't have to process that form back at the office. Um, the office is getting a real-time report back on the information. They can dial in, they can get stuff organized, they can keep moving on. So that's the future state of using voice to actually work. And that's a real good, you know, description of a 
of a story that hasn't happened yet. You know, it, it, it's definitely happening because Risk Talk's got clients. But for the listeners, I just wanted to show you how then you're going to be able to go in and do analysis on how happy is everybody? What's the sentiment? How's everybody going? What's happening in the background? What are the background noises? Um, all that sort of stuff when we listen back and we do the analysis. And then the text component that spits out at, because those technologies exist is that we can, you know, if we need to see it in writing, we can cut it and shut it and format it and chop it and change it however it needs to be exported. But that's the the real description, I think. And that's why I wanted to have this discussion with you today for our listeners is to just talk about this is now. Risk Talk is operational. It's got thousands of people using it on a day-to-day -day basis. And it really was getting Stuart in here to, to, to really have this conversation. Is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, as I was saying before, though, we, we're more than happy to, to help anyone out, set their companies up because we it is all about the questions that you ask as well to try and trigger that that kind of slow thinking uh, or that system one versus system two thinking. So we're more than happy to help out with any of that. Um, we do have a experience with small and big big companies. Our first ever client was uh, a recycling company and they've got one, one user and they just have an iPad sitting in the middle of the yard and they just go in there, have a chat in the morning. This is what we're doing today. And so it's very scalable uh, for a large or small client. So... Um, yeah. more than happy to help out with anything. Uh, we've got a few people across Australia that can help out as well. So geographically, it uh, shouldn't be an issue. And we do have some clients overseas now as well. And uh, more than happy to have a chat about anything. Yeah, look, I think um, uh, what's going to be exciting about this is that the listeners of this particular channel um, and the viewers on YouTube are all over the world. Um, and um, I know there's, you know, if you if you traditionally like meeting people one on one, I think that's changed globally for the world right now. Um, there's absolutely no reason you can be anywhere in the world, uh, get access to Stuart or myself. Um, I'm more than happy to share my thoughts on Risk Talk, but uh, but definitely um, reach out to Stuart. We're going to put all the details. Risktalk.com.au is the um, is the website to go and check out. Um, if anything, just to educate yourself on. The amazing opportunities, particularly now while uh, the COVID crisis is going on for everybody and everyone's sort of in lockdown and, and, and stuck at home. Now's the time to do that learning, um, you know, and, and if it is to be, it's up to me is the statement I live by. Now's the time to be doing these investigations. Um, your businesses that you work for are going to be asking questions about how can we be more efficient. We're going into a, what I believe is going to be a really tough recession. Um, and now's the time to be looking for those economies of scale, um, leveraging, working out what value we're going to be able to have in the future, looking for like a huge amount of value. So now, you know, now's the time. Now's not the time to be saying, you know, how do we go digital? Now's the time to saying, how do we make that 10 year leap out of, you know, this situation? Um, you know, because, you, you know, anyone can go and set up a, a free Google form. Um, and, and make themselves digital and do the Google form on a, on a mobile device. Like that's, that's not rocket science. What we're talking about here is actually getting aggregated data at scale that is giving you the ability to respond and pivot, uh, you know, as we move into these challenging times in the future. So, hey, um, um, from a personal perspective, what, um, you know, what, what's your favorite part of the work that you have been doing? Like what's the thing when you sit there and you go, you know, I really love what I'm doing? Uh, well, I guess it, it's, it's only really come recently when more and more people have started using it um, and we're getting all the feedback starting to come in and you, you can see the people change on the ground, like talking to a driller who doesn't have to write something down and goes, you're kidding me, we can just do this. This is amazing. Why haven't we been using this forever? 
um, or, or, or speaking to a manager saying that their behaviour has genuinely changed on the ground and that you can hear laughter in, in their voices as, as they're doing a pre-start. Um, it's, it's just that feedback that I suppose really, really tickles me uh, f- from, a, from a safety perspective um, and that's what my background is. Um, so if, if people are changing, people are enjoying it and, and the companies are getting some invaluable data out of it, it's, uh, it's I guess, that, that's what really gets me. Uh, from Dave's perspective, our, our head of technology, he just loves seeing technology work well and, and work efficiently. Uh, when he came into the safety space, he was just shocked that we're still writing things down. Um, and he, he loves technology just working well, working efficiently, and people love using it. So, um, and especially that, that intuitive part, as you say, Uber, that's, um, you can go there, you don't have to read a manual to, to use Uber, you click it, you log in, it's nice and quick, nice and efficient, and you get your desired result instantly. It, look, it takes a lot of work to make things simple. Um, and, you know, I really respect the fact that you guys have put a lot of work into the back end of this. And, and I hope everybody, um, you know, who jumps on and checks out risktalk.com.au starts to understand that a huge amount of work has gone into the back of this thing just to make people's life easy. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's been tested. And when I say tested, it's been tested in, in a compliance and leg- legislative framework way. You know, that's, you know, really critical. These guys haven't just gone and built Risk Talk and just gone, you know, have a crack at this. They're being very mindful of compliance obligations, legislative jurisdictions, you know, the legal and other requirements that you guys have got to comply with. Um, it plugs straight into a occupational health and safety management system, you know, whether you're looking at ISO 45001 certification or registration, um, you know, so from a registrar's perspective for us, you know, we've got a big part of our business is out doing, you know, certification and registration audits to ISO 45001, the old 18001 or the Australian standard 4801. So we're looking at safety management systems, risk talk plugs straight in. Um, it meets all of the requirements of those certifications. So, you know, you've heard it from me here as the CEO of Best Practice that that I would be strongly encouraging. That's why um, Stuart's here on the podcast and on the on Talking Business today um, on our audio experience to really be talking about this because, you know, it, times are getting really tough out there and I want you guys to look for financial opportunity and this is a big financial opportunity. The money that you can save, the frustration you can save, uh, the, the increase the productivity that you can gain, uh, the friction that you can remove from your process. You know, when we, we, we need to, I don't want to talk about, sit here and talk about features. I want to talk about the benefits to you. The benefits to you in, in embracing these types of technologies and really starting to explore, the benefits will be a reduction of cost. The benefits will be a reduction of friction. The benefits will be an increase in the data that you can extract in terms of getting a real cultural vitality survey and a sentiment statement, like an instantaneous sentiment statement of your business. The benefits are reducing friction for you guys out on site in terms of startup time. Reducing startup time means reducing cost moving and potentially squeezing one more job in um, and, and doing one more billable job for clients if you've got mobile guys uh, and increase the productivity. Um, you know, the sentiment statement in terms of cultural vitality across the business also has a productivity impact. Happier people are more productive. So um, an increase in accuracy of data, an increase of getting real-time risk management, an increase in getting um, detailed risk discussion where people are reluctant to write down uh, lots of words. You know, these are all the things that, you know, I want to talk to you guys about the benefits of exploring this. Um, you know, I've laid all these things out in terms of these benefits. We're going to drop this whole uh, this whole podcast is going to get dropped down into a blog post as well. Um, 
so you know once we've got the blog post finished and we've got everything uploaded we'll link everything so it all cross-linked so whether you found the blog post first and then the video second or the video first and the blog post second those are the sales pitches that you guys can go back into your organizations and make the pitch for take take time out like you know there's plenty of these software platforms to go and investigate this particular one and the reason why we showcased it today is because it is so far into the future but it's going it can give you all of those benefits right now and so you know you know in terms of giving you the opportunity to take massive cost out of your business as we move into a recession it's absolutely something that I want people to focus on that's my why. My why is about, you know, efficient, improving and growing organisations. But Stuart's is about people working safer, um, more accurately recording risk and more accurately, accurately uh, controlling it. So, look, Stuart, um, we could talk all day about this and, and we'll probably go on to keep chatting and, and, and we'll, we'll get you back on the show again. So um, uh, just quickly, where can they find you on LinkedIn personally? Uh, Stuart Farquharson on LinkedIn. Perfect. Uh, feel free to get, send me a private email if you want at stuart at risktalk.com.au um, or you can visit our website and you can contact through, contact us through that. Excellent. So direct message uh, on LinkedIn. We'll put his LinkedIn handle in the comments or the descriptions on the different platforms. Uh, check out risktalk.com.au and Stuart's email there is stuart at risktalk.com.au. Uh, I'm Kobe Simmet. I'm the CEO here of Best Practice. This has been the Kobe Simmet Audio Experience, talking business on Best Practice TV. And we've been talking about Risk Talk. It's been absolutely fantastic. We're right in the middle of the, middle of the COVID-19 crisis. That'd be a great opportunity to download a trial of uh, Risk Talk and put in your risk assessments. How are you going to manage the COVID risks in your organization? You could just quickly talk verbally about that. I'm pretty confident you could turn on your mobile device, you could run a Zoom meeting with all of your staff and you could put your mobile device right near your laptop. Um, so you could have wrist talk on your mobile device, put it right near your laptop and do a Zoom meeting or a Google Hangout with your team straight into the app right now as a demo. That is the future, ladies and gentlemen. How good is that? So, um, hey, th Stuart, thanks. Um, virtual high five. There we go. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on the show. And um, I look forward to uh, seeing you when this, uh, this whole global crisis calms down for a, uh, for a quiet schooner. So, um, okay, mate. So um, thanks very much. And uh, we will see the audience next time right here on Best Practice TV. Bye for now. Bye.